Welcome, dumbheads, to MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. In this final leg of Season 5, I'm reading my way through every single goddamn page in The Revenge of Kang, the final module in the Time Warp Adventure series for TSR's Marvel Super Heroes role-playing game. And as I do, I'm identifying the dumbest thing on each page. Every episode is one page, every episode is short. The Revenge of Kang was written by Ray Winninger and was published in 1990. Today we're discussing page 30 of The Revenge of Kang. Today begins chapter 11, The Test of Courage. This chapter is doing double duty because it describes our heroes venturing into the main complex, the second of the two buildings here in the tiny little pocket dimension, and they may be entering for two very different reasons. In the case of the Misfits, whom we were discussing yesterday, they found all the clues they needed to find in the spire, they evaded attack by the Kokri, they fixed the beacon in the spire, the Kokri now love them, so now that they've got their local situation worked out, the Misfits just need to figure out how to get home, and that's going to require them to investigate the only other building here, so they come into this as explorers. Meanwhile, if we rejoin our heroes, Ford's Furies, they were captured by the Kokri, they were put on trial, they prevailed handily, as it turns out, in the test of skill and the test of wisdom, and now they are being escorted by guards to the main complex to complete their trial by facing the test of courage. The first instance where these two different approaches make a difference is in the journey to the main complex. Quote, the entire journey from the encampment to the complex is through the hot, dusty desert. The shortest route from the spire to the complex is through the swamp. If the PCs are traveling from the spire to the complex, ask them whether they want to travel through the swamp or skirt its edge. If the heroes avoid the swamp, they add another seven miles onto their journey. If they choose not to avoid the swamp, you should refer to chapter four for notes on conducting the journey. If the heroes contract the swamp illness at this point in the adventure, its effects begin immediately and last until you reach chapter 15. So this is another chance to contract swamp illness, but it's only likely to happen if you're on the lamb from the Kokri and you're trying to get to the main complex as quickly as you can. Uh, if you are either being escorted there under guard because this is the third trial, or if, like the Misfits, you are a beloved celebrity in Kokri culture, uh, you can just take the extra seven miles and walk around the swamp and you'll be fine. And a good thing too, because if those alien mosquitoes bit glass cannon, I have a feeling she would be out on her ass again for like four chapters. Uh, this would be hiking to Dodge City all over again. But fortunately, there's no need for the Misfits to take that route, so they're going to be fine. Not so for its furies. You'll remember that all of them, except for Ironblood, are suffering from those alien insect bites in the swamp. And in the case of All Ears, his severe case of bugitis has got him passed out. He is normally a stack of ears, now currently a pile of ears, uh, as he is unable even to balance on his little magnetic unicycle. So he may not be a great help here at the Test of Courage. In any case, as our heroes stand slash lie in a pile before the main complex, the judge reads the following, quote, In the distance you catch your first sight of the main complex. It is a split-level structure which lies across a wide ridge. It seems to have been constructed by the same people who built the spire and its beacon. There are two apparent entrances to the complex, a broad entrance on the high end of the ridge, and a narrow back entrance on the opposite side of the structure down on the low side of the ridge. And that's all the Misfits get. But this is where the 15 guards accompanying Ford's Furies unhand their prisoners, toss down all ears, he hits the ground with the sound of dozens of earlobes being flicked, and one of the guards says the following, quote, This is your third and final test, the test of courage. The rules are simple. All you must do is enter the complex at the broad entrance located on top of the ridge and emerge from the smaller entrance located on the bottom of the ridge. Be warned, the peril of the complex is legendary. 
though no one has ever been able to offer a description of the dangers that await. I feel it is only fair to inform you that no one has ever passed this test. Good luck. Now, this is the dumbest thing on this page. I understand that this is a stock hyperbolic stakes raising, where it's like, no one has ever passed this test before. No one has ever returned from the dread cave of presumed horror, where no one can say what's in there, but all signs point to it being really bad. It's every Everybody who's gone in there has been totally fucked up. We, In some way, we know that. Even though, actually, we people walk into the cave and they just don't walk out. Like, for all we know, it's a cave that goes all the way under the mountain and opens up on the other side to just, like, a nicer village, like a nicer place to live. But that is not our tradition. Our tradition is that it sucks. But what makes this extra dumb, what, what really makes it far and away the dumbest thing on this page, is that this is part of the Kokri legal process. This is not just a bad thing that they sometimes do to people. This is like the final stage of your trial in Kokri society. So like we haven't seen the well of pain yet. It keeps getting brought up, this well of pain. This is how they execute people. And you'll remember that when Ford's Furies were on trial, there was this whole thing where like they had to decide whether to employ the services of the public defender, and they had to give all these speeches, and like all the players had to leave the room and like file in one at a time and make little rhetorical efforts to persuade the Kokri that they might not be guilty after all. They went through this whole thing, and it's only because Ford's Furies did very well, uh, especially because of the profound and moving oratory of which Ironblood is capable due to his blood's high iron content. Only because of that were they really able to sway the Kokri jury and get this three-stage trial instead of being thrown directly into the Well of Pain, which seemed like really good news at the time. But it now turns out that there's a three-step trial process in Kokri society. Number one, a sacred tag team duel, blindfolded with pool noodles, just for extra gravitas. Then if you're able to win the blindfolded pool noodle fight, then you move on to one of those annoying puzzles where... The man who loves cats and owns red shoes lives next to the person who chews spearmint gum and collects stamps. And you have to figure out like where all the different houses are and where everybody lives. One of those, except a boring one with no people, just beads with shapes and colors. I feel like maybe the real test of wisdom there is not the beads. It's a meta test of wisdom, because if you would ask what the third trial is, you would have found out. Once you pass the noodle thing and the bead thing, then you get trial number three, which is where they throw you into this death chamber that no one has ever escaped from. Not one time has anyone ever survived this. The best anyone has ever done in Kokri Court is that they've really aced the pool noodle and bead portions. But then, just when everybody's feeling like, you know, maybe these folks just have a bad rap. Maybe, you know, these poor saps, these poor kids, they were in the wrong place at the wrong time. But now, I mean, did you see them out there with those pool noodles, blindfolded, swinging like hell, fighting for their lives? Those were not the pool noodle swings of the defeated, of the guilty. There was not a trace of guilt. They were battling with the fervor of the innocent to beat someone unconscious with a pool noodle. So a big segment of Kokri society is now, they're holding up signs. They're pretty sure that, that this group is innocent. Maybe even the, the prosecutor is starting to have second thoughts. And the prosecutor is coming forward with a big smile like, Okay, listen, we've all turned around on you. At first we thought you were infidels. Now we feel like maybe you're not so bad. It's a technicality. But the last thing you need to do to prove that you're innocent is we're going to push you through this door into this sealed chamber from which no one has ever escaped. 100% lethality rate, just like throwing someone under a steamroller. But if you do well on this one, then I'm happy to say that you're going to get off with just a light probation, but it's never happened. There are no probation officers employed in Kokri society because there's never been need for them, because if you're found guilty, you fucking die. 
and and you're always found guilty because everyone dies. The the last stage of your trial is an execution. I'm I'm so interested in how this developed anthropologically, especially given we're we're going to discover there's a history to this main complex. But I think the main reason that it's used as a, as a death house is that the door closes behind you automatically. Like when you go in, then as we're going to see tomorrow, the door just slides shut and you can't get back out. So you have to go down to the lower entrance, lower down the ridge. Although the Kokri have no way of knowing that you can even get to the lower entrance from the upper entrance. Like as far as they know, there's like a secure titanium elevator that's the only way to get down there. And it's out of power and it won't run. There could be nothing in here except a broken elevator. And then just a little elevator lobby with like some long dead plants, the little panels with the arrow buttons, and then just the corpses of generations of starved Kokri who died waiting for an elevator that never came. That could be literally the only thing in the quote unquote test of courage. But it's amazing to me that like the Kokri have never thought, I guess, of like wedging the door open and seeing what's in here. As soon as they had a building with a door that closes behind you and when people go in, they don't go out. They were just like, well, I mean, is it scary? Yes. Is it horrible? Yes. Do I miss our friend? Yes, of course I do. But at the same time, isn't this a boon to our judicial system? Because since we now have this death trap that if you throw someone inside it, then they never come out again. In the event that there were ever an innocent person, which seems unlikely, but if it ever happened and they came out, wouldn't that prove that they were innocent? Flawless logic, as always, from the Kokri. So yeah, dumbest thing on this page is that the final stage of your trial is simply you are put to death. And I guess the Kokri figure that if you're innocent, the spirits will intervene to keep the automatic door from closing behind you. In any case, though, this is a test of courage, and our heroes are not lacking that. Ford's Furies will go boldly, or in Allier's case, be carried boldly, into the main complex to face whatever horrors or whatever non-functioning elevators await them. And the Misfits, who aren't even on trial, are just going to go in of their own free will to find the clues they need to one day escape this pocket dimension and perhaps play the story that we were promised on the back cover of this module. But that day is far off. Join me next time as we follow our heroes into the main complex and make a number of shocking and implausible discoveries about the history of the Kokri on MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top-secret patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact me however you want. I am megadumbcast on Twitter, Gmail, Podbean, your favorite podcatcher, etc., etc. This episode's music, used under Creative Commons license, is Take Us to the Nearest Starbase by Astrometrics, whose work you can find at soundcloud.com slash astrometricsband. <laughs>